and welcome to the Grace by Rain podcast, a podcast about finding the beauty in life. Today, I have another guest by the name of Emily McNally. Um, they are a singer-songwriter, and I just I was looking for someone to do my theme song. They reached out to me, and I had already had a theme song, but I loved this album that they presented. So I just want to kind of get to know who Emily is and about their music. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Emily. <laughs> Hi, yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, my name is Emily McNally. Um, I uh, am a singer-songwriter. I'm Brooklyn-based. Um, I've been writing for as long as I can remember, really. I can't really remember a time <laughs> in my life when I haven't been writing songs. Uh, I would write like little like seven-year-old songs when I was like a child um and it was always just what I wanted to do um and so uh I yeah took music lessons all through like my childhood and adolescence and then I moved to New York to go to school at NYU for music um and I've been uh living in the city and freelancing as a musician ever since uh, <laughs> Is it hard to freelance as a musician? I mean, I so like I occasionally do like the wedding circuit and yeah. stuff and, and church. And so that's always got something going on. But from outside of that, I've always wondered what the hustle is like to uh, make a livable wage, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, I definitely am not at the point yet where like the majority of my income uh, is music yet. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of like the occasional paid gig and then a lot <laughs> of like unpaid work. And I, I like worked a, a like a, what do you call it? Like a day job or whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> before the, the pandemic hit. Um, but I love, I've loved the New York circuit so much and it's been really cool um, when live music was happening to really feel like I was getting into like a groove of being a part of that. And like, there's always, um, I feel like people always say that like stuff like that is about networking, but you don't really realize how true that is once you're in it. Cause it's really is most of how I would get shows is I would play one show and then another artist there would be like, oh, you should be on this show. And then I would play that show. And then another artist on that show would be like, play this show. And it would just like branch out um, into, into opportunities, uh, which was wonderful. Um, yeah, I also did the wedding singer thing. That was, a, 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 I sang weddings and funerals at my church uh, in South Jersey growing up. Um, harder to break into it in New York because that's also a lot of like who you know and I haven't mm -hmm. met the right people yet <laughs> um, here but uh, I've been having a, a good time gigging around and and doing sort of like freelance vocal work I'll do like harmonies on people's albums or whatever um, and now I'm on Fiverr uh, making custom songs for people and recording vocals for like producers tracks. Um, so that's been really, really nice, a nice thing to do when in lockdown and, and cause I can do it all from my bedroom. Okay. Uh, so that's been great. Yeah. So let's talk about Fiverr a little bit. Cause, yeah. uh, my friend Cody turned me on to Fiverr cause I needed a simple, uh, a simple logo for mm. this podcast and my website and I was like I could do that but not as well <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went to Fiverr and I just absolutely adore the site like there's so it's a great place to go to find even someone just to edit something that you're working on or to um 
edit your writing, anything like that. So kind of tell me what you're doing with Fiverr and what, um, like the benefits of using something like that, especially right now when you can't be face-to-face networking with people. Absolutely. Yeah. Fiverr is a great platform. Um, I actually used to do Fiverr when it was like a startup, when it was like actually $5 for everything. Like back when they first started it, I think like seven or eight years ago, um, when I was a freshman in college, I would write like custom songs for just $5 because I didn't (laughs) know how to upsell my work yet. Um, And uh, I was just like an 18 year old being like, yeah, I guess I can. I was like recording it on my like iPhone, like voice memo mic. So it probably was only worth $5. Um, So I did that for about a year before I like, then I stopped doing that and like got other jobs. Um, And then they like revamped their whole platform to like what it is now. And like, it is really amazing. Um, Yeah, so I have a couple of different things that I do on there. I write the bulk of what I do is I write custom songs for other people. Um, So what that means is people give the songs as gifts uh, for like special occasions. So like a loved one's birthday, an anniversary, um, just like a celebration of an accomplishment. I wrote one recently that was like, um, somebody was like, I want to play this while I propose to my partner. And I was like, oh my gosh, (gasps) wow. Just, yeah, a lot of like romantic um, sort of scenarios of like anniversaries or like a a Valentine's Day was a big, a big, I got so many orders for Valentine's Day. but a lot of also like platonic or like familial relationships. Um, And so what people do is they send me like bullet points or like paragraphs about like the person they want me to write about. And I turn that into lyrics and I uh, do guitar and I record it and I send it over. Um, And that's been really rewarding because it it is really like something that comes very naturally to me. Um, Like, like, yeah, just like looking at a block of information and being like, oh, this could rhyme with this and this goes here. Like it, it, it clicks in my brain very easily. <laughs> um, so it's it's a, a nice thing to be able to do. Um, and the responses have been really, really sweet. Um, always getting the reviews. I love, this is maybe gonna sound a little strange, but I love when people leave reviews being like, this made me cry. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> But like it's it like what you like I think all art and like I want you want to create an emotional response and so it feels really validating to be like oh this was like meaningful um, to you in a way and I was I'm happy to like play a small part in your relationship with this person. Right. Yeah. We uh, the last guest I had on Josh, we talked about how music is such universal language. Like even if you don't understand the words that someone is saying you can really feel based on chord progression or even just like two notes like just get that emotion yeah absolutely so I kind of want to dive into the EP that you did send me the gardener because I absolutely adored it I I think I've listened to it every day since Since you, you said, yeah, no, it's so, I, I, I don't know. I personally, um, identified with a lot, uh, a lot of it, at least from like my own brain. Cause I, that's why I want to pick your brain about it because yes, I want to know what please. it's truly about and where you got the inspiration from. So we'll start with just like the little softy of what inspired you to, um, write this EP. It was really, um, it wasn't written, it, it wasn't, inte- it wasn't like I sat down to write an EP. It was actually really kind of like a, a sampler platter of like songs that I had 
written in the past couple of years. And it just so happened sort of like magic to sort of like have that through line uh, through it where I didn't actually realize when I was putting it together, I was just kind of like, oh, these are songs that like either like um, they were like fan favorites by which I mean like my friends liked them the most um, <laughs> or ones that I just like thought were really special and I wanted to record. And and the more that I recorded them and, and started thinking about like the order and um, the sort of through line of it, I realized that there was that really like through line of um, it's called The Gardener. And, and I think a lot of it is about like planting seeds and like taking care of things, even with the knowledge that like it's like temporal, like it's not like a permanent, like a garden is not like a permanent thing. Like it changes with the seasons, like your plants might like with it, like it's a lot of circumstances like um could it, it's not like a certain thing but like you put in the time and the effort and the the care anyway um just for like something beautiful to grow and that's really what i think all of those songs are about at the core of it um so yeah that's yeah. And it's such a good um album to listen to during a time like a pandemic because it reminds you that just like a garden, life and relationships, when they are truly beautiful is when you put the most effort into it, even yes. when it's the hardest. So like you said, like a drought, you have yeah. to be very attentive to your garden. Absolutely. Just like when you're in the middle of a pandemic, you have to be very attentive to your emotions and the people around you because everyone's going through it. Um, yeah. So I want to dive a little bit into these songs because Yay. I just, I love them. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> so I really love in the garden that, mm-hmm. that line that is like, what is life without a little rain? Um, can you kind of dive into some of the, the thought process behind writing this song? Because there are a lot of beautiful, um, like, beautiful imagery in the sense of hold on let me try and reword this yeah there is a lot of beautiful reminders that Mm -hmm. life is still good even when you think it might be bad absolutely absolutely um I think yeah the core of that song was is about like knowing that there are always good days to come um no matter how yeah like stormy or rainy it might be in a in a metaphorical sense like they're like the chorus just goes it goes the sun will, is going to shine in my eyes again there are going to be blue skies again um and just like a reminder because i think that in I, like i struggle a lot with like anxiety and depression and um i wrote that song during like a, a a sort of moment where I was sort of like coming out of one of those slumps and I was like, oh, like, of course, like there are always good things to look forward to, but it's so easy to forget that once you're like bogged in like the storm clouds uh, or whatever. Um, and so I, I wrote that, yeah, as, as a reminder to myself mostly to be like, oh yeah, like things always get better um, there's always things to look forward to and like, it's like not easy. Like, like you said, like you have to like put in a lot of work, um, in order to like take care of yourself and take care of your relationships. Um, 
because that yeah that line at the end of the chorus for is like so that i can be beautiful for you was uh nowadays i think about it as sort of like a like a, i say that to the mirror but when i did write it it was like a new friendship that i was having where i was like oh my god this person is like so amazing that like i want to like take like i want to be a better person because like i'm friends with you um and so uh yeah it's a lot of uh, yeah it's a lot about about that about like putting in the work and like knowing that like the flowers will grow <laughs> i love that the interpretation of the song that you wrote has grown with you as a person like yeah. you said you just said that it was about initially about like a friend but mm. at that last line but now you picture about looking at yourself and saying the same thing yeah. and i think um that it speaks a lot to an artist to be able to say my art imitates life, but my life imitates art. So if you yes. could, I, I wasn't planning on asking this, but <laughs> we're going to roll with it. But like, can you yeah. kind of speak to how that affects your music as you're going on? And do you ever think you would re-record a song just because it doesn't fit into who you are now? Ooh. That's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I got something stuck in my throat a bit. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, that's a good question. I tend to think of my songs almost as like sort of time capsules. Um, like when I create them, they're very much a reflection of like everything I was like feeling in the moment that I was creating it, like all the emotions I was experiencing. And so for that reason, even though like when I perform them on stage, like maybe I'm thinking about a different thing than when I originally wrote it, um, I don't think I would ever like re-record or like go back and change lyrics because they feel like very like, um, yeah, like reflective of the time. And, and I... I'm like, I can always just write a new song about the new things I'm experiencing, <laughs> you know? So I think that, yeah, even though I think the biggest like effector of it is like, I, I have a different thought process when I'm performing them live. Uh, Cause I, I, I went, <laughs> I went to school um, for like musical theater acting too. Um, and so like a lot of it is about like, this like being in like when you sing a song it's like what's the circumstance like who are you singing it to and so like a lot of like that changes with the time um or like I look back and I'm like oh that was a little bit like silly and naive of me to like <laughs> think especially songs about like people I used to like have crushes on or like relationships with I'm like oh <laughs> I sure feel differently now but it's still like a sweet a very sweet like reminder of of the time um and like honoring like past Emily's emotions about all of right. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like embracing your past and yeah. using it as like a stepping stone towards the future, which I love that. Yeah. That's great. So um, in safety mm. for me, I just really love the vulner vulnerability of the song. And I don't know if that's what you intended with it, but it's just so vulnerable and so open and so sweet and like, I, I don't know how to really explain it unless someone listens to it, I guess. Um, but so yeah, kind of tell me about that. Right, go listen to it. <laughs> Not um, right now. Finish listening to, to the podcast podcast first and then go listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but was it like a vulnerable song for you to write? Were you in a vulnerable place or am I like totally off base here? <laughs> no, I, I wrote Safety 
about a, a long distance friendship that I had that um, the other person was going through a really hard time at that time. And I didn't know, I felt very lost in how to help them from so far away. Um, Cause I was like, all I really want to do is like hold you or like take you away from this situation, like physically. Um, and I can't. And so I have to write this song. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, there's a lot of vulnerability in that for sure. In that uh, I tend to write a lot about, even in songs that I write like about other people or for other people at the core of it, it's always like about me too. Um, and I think in that song, even though it is about like how I wish I could help this other person, um, I think it also is reflective of a lot of like my own tendencies to sort of want to be sort of like savior complex-esque of being like, I will be the one to fix all of the problems and that's my job and like, I will do it. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of like that translates into the sort of like vulnerability of feeling like exposed in like admitting that. Um, and that, yeah, that one, a lot of people, uh, like you said, relate to that one and that's really special to me, because um, I think it is sort of a, a universal experience of feeling inadequate and like wanting to like fix something and like wanting the people you care about to like only have good times because you care mm -hmm. about them so much um, and like wishing that like your care for them in itself was just enough to make all of their problems go away. Um, yeah. So, yeah. As an artist, does it bring a little bit more satisfaction to the writing process when you lay it all out there and are super vulnerable and everyone responds to it very positively? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a scary thing. Uh, the first couple of times that I, I play a song for, for an audience or even just for like my friends to be like, get feedback on it. Um, but the validation is incredible because that's like why I got into music like that's like uh, <laughs> a friend of mine um interviewed me for her thesis a couple of weeks back and she was like do you think you have like a mission statement as an artist and i was like i think that if i was were to like write out a mission statement it would be like to make like content and music that like is relatable and cathartic to other people in the sense where they like don't feel so alone in like their experiences because that's what music did for me all my life and like I just want to pay that forward like I like I like I feel like a deep responsibility to like be like oh I will give that back like music gave me so much like I have to give it back um so yeah the the feedback is honestly the best part of of doing this no I love that that's that's awesome um and then so tell me all the things you do. That is the third song. And yeah. it has a completely different vibe. It's like very yeah. chilled out. And while if you heard the songs out of order, it would not make any sense to be in there, <laughs> but it ties the first two songs in with the last two songs. Yeah. Um, did you purposely put it in there that way? Did it just kind of work out that way? Like kind of walk me through that process. Yeah. Um, yeah, song order was definitely something I thought about a lot. Um, and so that that flow was definitely intentional. Um, 
I was exper I was starting to experiment a lot more with genre at the time that I was sort of putting the EP together. Um, cause I had always felt like, like the bulk of what I had done previous to that was like the sort of like guitar, acoustic, like folky stuff. And I was like, that's all I can do. Cause that's all I know how to do. And if I tried to do anything else, cringe. <laughs> <laughs> but then this just like pop, like, like, yeah, this like chill synth pop song just like came out of me one day. And I was like, oh no, like this is like, how will this fit in my brand? <laughs> um, and then I kind of, uh, stopped worrying about that so much and that was a lot of like influence of like seeing other artists um do that sort of like genre fluid thing like I became a really big fan of the 1975 and like they like none of their songs on like their last couple of albums sound like the other one but somehow it's still like so cohesive um and I was like oh I can do that too um and so yeah that one came about uh I was just like playing around with the settings on like my electronic keyboard and I found that like synth sound. Um, and I just wrote this like pop song <laughs> um, and loved it. Uh, and and so I was like, oh, it has to, has to be on there. Yeah. So let's kind of talk about air quotes, the brand as an artist. So, yeah. cause this is something that I feel writers and artists, they really struggle with because like for me, for the longest time, I would try to put myself in this box as a sports writer and only Absolutely. write about a certain style of thing. And if another story interests me, I would just let it sit because it wasn't quote on brand. Yeah. Um, but I felt like that hurt me in the long run. So I just wanted your opinion on the difference between having a brand that is like so in a box or having a more fluid brand. Yeah, I... I struggle, I used to struggle, I still struggle with this sometimes. I think it's, it's a lot of, I think especially in like the social media age where you need to like curate this like image of yourself all the time. Like it's on everybody's minds at, to, to some level or another, but especially for, yeah, artists and writers, um, there is this constant sort of battle of like, oh, you got to find your niche, um, and or like stick to one thing because if you do more than one thing people will get confused and like your audience will get confused and i think that that sort of level of thinking though i like understand where it originates from in theory like i think it's way too limiting and i think that that's not like putting enough faith in like people as listeners or like readers <laughs> yeah. to be like like oh like people because i think that like for the most part when you ask people like who are consuming content like what they like about it like their answer i'm gonna like talk strictly about music like terms here because that's what i know best but like if you like ask somebody about their music taste like they're not gonna be like oh i like it i mean they might be <laughs> but like most people i think are going to say less of like oh i like the exact instrumentation they use and like i like that it's strictly this genre and this genre only and they're gonna say more like oh i like how like the lyrics resonate or like i like how this artist just like sounds in general or i like like the way it makes me feel um and i think keeping that in mind as a creator and being like people want authentic expression yes. like that's what people resonate with um 
and you're not authentically expressing yourself if you're like confining yourself to like the one thing that you feel like you have to do just because you've done it before. Um, so yeah, and that's, yeah, I, I wish I could, it's easy, much easier said than done for <laughs> right. sure. Um, and I still struggle a lot just with like the concept of brand um, and like thinking about what I, I want to do. Cause a lot of like <laughs> the stuff that I write now, it's all over the place to be on it. Like it, like I'll do like the acoustic stuff. And then I like wrote like a song with like a drop in it, like a, like a, like a uns uns like pop song. And I'm like, these don't go together in any rational sense of the word, but like, they're both like things that I love and like I made and like, I'm proud of. Um, and so, uh, I, yeah, I think that the concept of brand, well, it's, yeah, it tends to be so limiting because like people are not products as much as like, right. <laughs> The business so model wants it, yeah, wants yeah. it to say. Um, and I think that, I think that we're on the on the way of like moving away from that. Like I, I see, like I feel very hopeful when I like see other artists out there doing the like genre fluid sort of stuff, or like one album is different from the other one, or even like within an album, like different sounds. Um, I think we are moving towards that sort of. Um, mindset but it is it is tough to sort of balance and right feel yeah. restricted in that way I see that a lot with um this is the one thing I really like about Taylor Swift mm -hmm. is she bulky and then country pop she right. had a lot of different elements but there was always Taylor Swift exactly. there and I think that um and I don't know if you feel the same way but I think it's important that you keep the base the same, like yeah. you're who you are, and then you just grow on it because, exactly. yeah, kind of like when you have a bouquet of flowers, like yeah. it's not, it's the yeah. it's a flower, but there are different types and put together, it's all beautiful. Exactly. But if you were to like throw a weed in there, it kind of like screws it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's such a weird analogy. I didn't know how to Full circle back to the garden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love that. Right. I really reached into the air for that one. That was so good. That was excellent. That was so good. Um, yeah, but I agree. And I know that because, I, yeah, I think it, it was really interesting to see like the diff, even like as a marker of the difference of like people's reactions to like when Taylor Swift went pop versus mm -hmm. like when she went like versus like her new stuff now because I feel like people are like we're much more understanding of like the newer like vibe like now than they were because I know a lot of people got like back like whatever like six seven years ago when she was like I'm gonna make a pop album now everybody was like ew <laughs> or, not I, everybody I was, but I a lot of way. yeah I, I was very excited <laughs> but I know that there was a lot of people who were like this isn't the Taylor we're used yeah, to but I think people are I a was. lot more I, forgiving now yeah I, um, I was that way with her and I think it's because at the I loved her country stuff so much. Yeah. And I was like, ew, this is bad. And then I listened to it again. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's still Taylor. She's just growing up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause it's just about the authenticity, um, I think. Uh, and like, what people resonate with her the most, I think, is her lyricism. Mm -hmm. um, so like, amazing. That doesn't change. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which is, funny that you say that because it goes right into uh your last two songs I felt like the yeah. lyricism were just so 
Thank you. So amazing. And, and the musical. Okay. So with how it starts, when I close my eyes, I can literally see like the, the notes like dancing around in the air. And it gives me like this, you know, those Netflix um, rom-coms, like it gives me those kind of vibes, <gasps> but like a little bit like uh, bittersweet almost. Yes. And I just, it's my second favorite song. My favorite one is the last one. Um, yeah. But it just, I feel like everyone can really resonate with this song because at some point I feel like they've felt the way that this song made me feel. Oh, I got chills when you sent me that Google Doc with like the thing where it was like you can see the music, like the music floating <laughs> in the air. I got like full body chills because I was like, that is it. Like I didn't I didn't have the words for it before, but I was like, oh, that was exactly my intention <laughs> with like this orchestration that I did. Um, and so I'm so, so glad that that translated. Um, that one actually feels like the most vulnerable of them all, the how it starts in. The, it, and it it's very similar in theme to safety where it's like oh i will fix all of your problems like i will do it i will make them all like go away like you don't have to worry about anything else like when you're here with me um and yeah definitely a bittersweetness of that because i think like while i wrote it i was like aware i was like this is not a healthy thing that i do where i'm like <laughs> i'm i know it but right. i'm gonna like i'm gonna <laughs> tell you anyway um and yeah, I love that one. I that one's underrated, I think, if I can call my own work <laughs> underrated. Um, but I was really proud of that was the last one that I wrote. Um, because I had all of the other ones written before I started recording. And then I was like, oh, it's kind of weird that like tell me all the things you do is the only one that sort of exists in like this like synth world. And I wanted to have another one on there to sort of like balance it um and tie it all together and that one yeah just happened one day yeah. <laughs> and I was like oh here it is this is the last this is the missing piece um, yeah no and it, it really it really tie like all these songs tie each other together and it really connects the bridge between you know your middle song and the last song which sometimes you lose it as an artist the inability to connect towards the end it kind of loses yeah. steam and it did it because of that and I think part of it is because like I said, you close your eyes and like, if you, so I also danced when I was younger and in my mind, I could like see a dance routine that they would throw yeah. into like one of those rom-com movies, like to yeah. all the boys I've loved before <gasps> or something, you know, like I, it, that's yeah. a dream. Wow. <laughs> right? What a dream. Yeah. Oh my God. It's two of my biggest dreams that you just checked off right there is like to like have somebody like choreograph a dance to something okay. I've written and then to like see my song in a um like movie or TV show, which I did recently get um signed to a sync licensing agency, which I'm extremely excited about, which is like people who pitch your songs to like yeah. TV and film. So maybe so one day <laughs> we'll maybe someone see. At Netflix will... Yeah. Hello. <laughs> If you're listening, I am available. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, oh, you're thank welcome. You. It, yeah, it's the one I was, it's my second, like I said, it's my second yeah. favorite, but it is the one I listen to the most, which wow. I think is funny, but like, yeah. just because if it's like after a long day, I can just like lay on the ground and yeah. just close my eyes and be like, just really soak it in. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, um, like I said, the lyricism for your last song, I was here. 
Yeah. I adore it. There's so many things about it that I love. It's my absolute favorite because one, Thank it's you. super nostalgic vibes. Like, yes. you know, when summer is coming to a close, when you're like, say high school, college, before you have to go back to school and uh, you know, it, the round at the end, it gives me like those summer camp bonfire vibes, which yes. was, was oh. so perfect way to end it, you know? Yes. <laughs> And the, the opening line, I think, was just like the perfect lead-in when you say, uh, pack up my summer in a Ziploc bag, old maps yeah. and tchotchkes, photographs, and this is that. I'll write myself a letter so that I'll remember it all. And I was like, that's like at the end of summer camp when you're like writing in your journal and it's yeah. just... It, the oh, I still so do great. that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it was, it, yeah, because it, it, I think that some people might look at that and be like, oh, those are some cool metaphors. But I wrote it when I was like, I literally like, I had just like a stack of things. I was like moving apartments at the end of the summer and I like had a stack of like playbills and like maps and like tickets and like all of my other stuff from that summer that I literally put in a bag like in, in as like I literally did that and I was like hmm that's a fun lyric <laughs> like sat down and wrote it um and yeah I always write myself like like every like new year I like write myself a letter to like myself at the end of the year to like open up and read again and be like oh like look at how much I've grown um and I'm constantly, yeah, trying to like collect memories, like my entire closet over here. Um, there's like literally boxes, like like three giant boxes just of like stuff that I've like that has like um, like sentimental value to me. <laughs> yeah. I cannot get rid of any of it. It's um, hard. I can tell you that. <laughs> but I love that. I'm so proud of that one. And I'm so glad that that yeah. resonated with you. And the, like, like I said, the round at the end, people struggle with rounds. I think, I think more songs could actually benefit from rounds. Yeah. And you, I feel like you nailed it perfectly. It just where it was at and it was like the perfect send off. And I like, after listening to the EP, I was like, I just feel so complete and satisfied. Oh. Like, <laughs> like that was a really good Thank way to end you. it. And it sends you off on this you know, I feel like you go through a lot of emotions when listening to it. Um, and nothing that makes you like, like a lot of good, healthy emotions while you're yeah. listening to it, like it, retrospective makes you look at things. Yeah. And at the end, that round, I think, you know, you start singing it along and then you're just kind of singing it and you're singing everything out that you felt. And I just, I love it. It had a little bit of like church camp to me. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, yeah, that reminds me. One of my favorite gig memories ever um, was uh, at the first time I played Rockwood Music Hall in New York. Um, it's a space where it's my favorite space to play because um, it's, uh there's a bunch of different stages and I was on like the smaller one and like there's a, just like a whole lineup of like musicians each night um and so people can like come in and just like stay for a bunch so there's always like 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 my friends come but like there's always also like extra people there who like don't know who I am um which is also great because <laughs> then, then now they know who I am right. they hear me sing but I played that as like my second to last song because I always end with the gardener and I have everybody do a sing along to that one um but I was doing I was here and it got to the last chorus and like this group of like people I didn't know 
like this take table of strangers just like also started singing like unprompted and it like i was crying <laughs> at the end. like everybody in the room started also singing it and i was like this is the most special moment ever um yeah because something about it i think it's yeah it just resonates with people um and there aren't a lot of songs about it um that sort of like nostalgic feeling i feel like um and so yeah it's that was that reminded me of that when you said you were singing along at the end oh. i was like oh i miss that day <laughs> i miss live music <laughs> yes like so that's what i i had some other questions but i think yeah the real thing i want to end on is this question and that is what do we miss most about live music and oh. we just hit on like right there is just from being in the audience is yeah. is the sing-along yes when everyone puts the instruments down and all the fans start singing yes. and it's just one big acoustic jam ses session it, yeah it's just yeah the moment of like connectivity and like not feeling so alone and like knowing that like you and these all these like hundreds of strangers around you or how many other people are at the venue is are all feeling if not the exact same thing then like very similar emotions and yeah it's just such a human human experience um and oh i miss it so much i can't wait until it comes back right, right? i feel that i will definitely have to come take a road trip from ohio when yes. you when you're back on the stage because or maybe i'll love... come to ohio yeah i've got friends ohio. in ohio that i've i've been dying to visit so yeah there's tons of great music venues in in northeast ohio and in and columbus i don't know about other places as much but there's Excellent. a lot of great places where you should come. Um, so yeah. before we leave, I just want you to plug um, plug yes. what you're working on now and uh, where the people can find you. Yeah, so I've got a bunch of singles lined up um, dropping this year. Uh, and my most recent one uh, just came out uh, two weeks ago, um, much more in the synth direction of things. Uh, any streaming platform, that you can imagine as uh, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, uh, all of those um, just under Emily McNally. Uh, and then my Instagram is Emily McNally sings all one word. Um, and yeah, if you want to find me on Fiverr, you can also look me up under my name, order a custom song for somebody that you love. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I hope Thank we can get more me. people to listen to your music because I very much enjoy it and I when I enjoy something I want to share it with the world <laughs> this was so fun I I love it feels so validating um just yeah as a last thing um it's really hard like when you're isolated and and you don't like see as many people you don't get as much like feedback from your work and stuff and and so it's it, it's can be hard like creating when you're like oh nobody cares and right. so this has been <laughs> It's been amazing to 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 hear your feedback and I appreciate it so much. Oh, I'm glad. Oh, thank you. My theme music is One Light by Nick Wilkinson and the Featured Players. You can find their latest album, Live Volume 1, on Bandcamp and Spotify. Live Volume 1 was recorded in front of a live audience on May 26, 2017 at Jilly's Music Room in Akron, Ohio.